Melissa Miller from Menswear by a Woman podcast. I hope you're all doing very well. Right, so today's guest, right? Um, I've seen him. I've seen him on Instagram, and I've also seen him on pop-ups and things like that. Um, he makes the most amazing shirts. Um, well, yeah, he makes the most amazing shirts, but also they're quite um, they're quite traditional and and have also they also have a bit of a twist to them as well his name is jake wickham and the brand name is jake's so i'm going to get him on board and talk about shirts men's shirts hi jake how are you i'm very well thanks how are you i'm all right thank you um thank you for coming on to menswear by woman podcast my pleasure cool um that's all right um i first came across you at the pop-up this year and i've been looking at your website and your instagram before that um so i just wanted to know how it all began and why shirts um so i moved to london about 10 years ago to do um a bespoke tailoring degree at london college of fashion right um yeah so i went went through the motions of that and the whole sort of the whole time that i was doing my degree i spent my free time in the what you call open access which is like the the studios where you have like all of the equipment um and i would basically just make myself shirt in like quite specific styles you know things that i was keen on because i've always had quite a big interest in vintage american um shirts and things like that but because of my size i'm i'm like six foot four so and i've got quite long arms so vintage was never really an option i mean it was i used to collect and buy quite a lot of vintage shirts but they never necessarily fit me properly so right i would kind of i would kind of take influence from those shirts and then create my own version of them but just for myself i wasn't i didn't necessarily think i was going to do it as a business at the time um but then basically after after i finished my degree I went looking for work around Savile Row and places like that. Um, And to be honest, most places were not really offering paid work. They were just sort of expecting, you know, like uh, intern, they were offering like internships, which were like essentially unpaid. You know, you got like a bit of travel and whatnot, which at the time I just couldn't really afford to do that. And I was very lucky that there was a bespoke tailor in my hometown, which is Steed Bespoke Tailors. Um, they offered me a job, paid job. Um, but the only downside was I had to move out of London in order to do that job. I had to move back to my hometown, back to where I grew up. Um, so, yeah, I started working with them. And basically the only... Um, the only job that was going with them was essentially like finishing and trouser making. So like hands-on finishing and making bespoke trousers. So I did a short apprenticeship doing that. And then I ended up becoming their, essentially their lead trouser maker. And I did that for around four years. Um, And then when the first lockdown happened, yeah, Basically, similar thing that happened to a lot of freelancers around that time is my work dried up and I kind of had to think on my feet in order to still make some money and sort of still be able to pay my living costs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I 
I'd always made shirts as a hobby. Well, not as a hobby, but like I'd always been developing them in the background kind of thing. It was something I did for myself personally, and people always asked me about them, but I didn't necessarily have the time to make them for other people because obviously I was too busy trying to earn a living doing the trouser making. So lockdown was kind of the catalyst for it, really, and that's when I invested the little money that I had on developing my current block uh, for the button that for the button down that I'm known for. Um, and yeah, I bought, bought my first open labels boxes. Uh, I already had all of the equipment, which was good. Um, bought my first rolls of rolls of fabric. Uh, started getting things photographed and sort of I was quite lucky because very early on the first few posts that I put out about it um, I mean people were really supportive you know people people seemed to be quite keen on it so I did get quite a bit of traction early on which was good and um, when I launched that first button down I got like a decent amount of orders it was like really, really encouraging it was good was but it? then obviously I had to make all of those orders, yeah, of which course. was like the first hurdle. So so do you make all of them then? Is everything made Every by yourself? Single one. I've made I've made about a thousand shirts now for wow. Jakes and I've made every single one. Wow. That's so, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a lot it's a hell of a lot of work, but I do enjoy it and it kind of is the only way that I can operate the business at the moment. Right. Um, so it's essentially, it's just myself. And, and then I have, I mean, I call him my apprentice. I shouldn't really call him my apprentice anymore because it's worked for me for long enough, but I have a lad who works for me part-time, Albert, who helps with just like the day-to-day -day running. So I, I saw all of the shirts, I machine them all. He strikes and cuts them all and hand sews all the buttons on and presses them and packs up all the orders and sends them out to the customers. So he's like obviously a super pivotal part of my company. I'm very appreciative of the work that he does for me. Yeah. Um, but it's, so you, you began, um, during the lockdown, was it? Yeah. Yeah. First yeah. lockdown. No, well, like sorry for first lockdown, I was still doing making trousers. Um, and then it got to a point where, because the company I work for, Steed, they they essentially, they're like a traveling tailor, so they do trunk shows around oh, America, okay. and that's yeah. where they get most of their business. Yeah. And obviously, with the travel restrictions of lockdown, yeah. their business slowly started drying up a bit, so I yeah. kind of had to think on my feet, really. Yeah. And I, st I, did, I did a few other little projects. I was doing, like, I was making face masks for a few businesses and ties and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up using that money to invest in doing the shirts as a, as a business. So Jake, it sounds quite difficult. It sounds like it was quite difficult to start up, right? Or was it because it, what I'm saying it sounding like difficult, like we're in COVID you know, a lot of us did lose our jobs and all that stuff. And, um, you know, you had to think quickly. And as a self-employed, it, it kind of hit the self-employed group a lot than anyone else, I think. 
yeah definitely i mean it's certainly not easy um it was a lot of work you know yeah, it was there was a there was a po- there was a point very early on where i was doing like i was probably working like 12 hour days six wow. sometimes seven days a week i didn't really have much of a life to be honest but at the end of the day that groundwork that that really sort of helped me establish and also it helped me hone my craft because you know early on at that stage it took me a lot longer to make a shirt i mean a shirt takes as long as it takes you can't really speed the process up too much because i'm i make when i make shirts i use what you call the single needle technique so all of my work the the whole shirt is made on a flatbed sewing machine there's no sort of flat felling machines or anything like that everything's done properly by hand um so there is i mean i've definitely got a lot quicker than i I was then but (laughs) i sort of can't really get any quicker because it takes as long as it takes kind of thing how long does it take to make a shirt then it's it's hard a lot of people ask me that but it's hard to kind of pin it down because we sort of do it in there's a few processes that come into it you know like the albert Albert will cut the cloth um you know like mark mark around the block patterns and cut the cloth and he'll basically on mondays usually he'll do a full day of cutting um so they're all cut and then they're wrapped up into bundles and then i have those bundles next to my machine and then i'll sort of start sewing them the actual so, so the actual machining of so let's say the cutting is maybe 30 minutes to an hour depending on the fabric um and then the the making is about an hour to an hour and a half depending on the details and whatnot pockets and everything and then i guess another another 30 or 40 minutes of like pressing and finishing putting all the buttons on and stamping the collars and whatnot and boxing it up so it's probably somewhere around two and a half three hours i would say per shirt but that's like handmade like you know you're making them yourself so yeah yeah totally. yeah yeah totally handmade yeah and then they're all done they're all done individually as well so we don't you know we we cut every shirt is cut individually as the order comes in the shirt that that order is cut just the one you know the one layer of fabric yeah and then they're all made individually it's not like a production line type thing it's every every shirt is handled as an individual thing you know like when you see it in a factory and they're cutting like 10 layers of fabric or more and then you have like separate people doing separate processes this is not like that at all this is a properly one-off handmade type thing you say that you've um are the shirts right developed from the revolution of um cultures and art Yeah, so there's, I guess basically it's like a cult, they're a culmination of of my interests and the research that I've, I've always been interested in these kind of things, especially when I was at uni and, um, you know, the options that I pick for clothing and culture that I consume all kind of feeds into it, so, um, I kind of feel a bit like I've already done all of the research, if you know what I mean. I kind of know it yeah. like the back of my hand. So, 
Is it? Important? But yeah, there's a lot of different things eating. Is it important to have these kind of inspiration? I think so, because otherwise it's just it's it's just another it's just another shirt, and what's the point, you know? I'm not saying every single one of my customers is interested in the things I'm interested in, but I've put a lot into it, you know. Yeah. I've, my idea of, of it is that it's referencing all of my interests and putting it into a garment kind of thing. Would you say, Jake, um, who would you say makes the best shirts, apart from yourself, <laughs> around the globe? Um, it's hard to say nowadays. I mean, the problem is I don't really buy... In order for me to say that, I would need to have more experience with buying other people's shirts. And yeah. I've not been in that position for quite a long time. So, you know, obviously I've always been making my own. So it's kind of hard to say. I mean, there's a lot of companies out there still doing single needle tailoring and they're definitely making good products. But yeah. I haven't necessarily done... I don't have enough knowledge or research in that aspect to know who would be the best, to be honest. Um, so with your shirts, right, you've got quite a few, um, they're called like Western, Leisure, Button Down, um, Popover and Snap Tab. Um, could yeah. you tell us a bit about them? Like Western? So, so the, the, so the button down is essentially like a culmination of details from like quite a lot of source reference shirts. Right, so okay. I used to collect button downs like all through my teens and into my early twenties. I was buying like fifties, sixties, occasionally seventies American button downs. So the likes of yep. J Press and like Norris Casuals, uh, Arrow, Brooks Brothers all of these different types of brands. And I was kind of just like taking the things that I enjoyed from their things, you know, like fit or details or whatever. And then I was just kind of using those to feed into my own, my own style. So it was kind of like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a button down shirt. So you can't really change that much of it, but I do like to think that mine is quite specific. And then again, the leisure shirt was like, that was more influenced by British leisure shirts, like yeah. sort of mid-century where you would have, I guess it's essentially like your summer sort of holiday work shirt hybrid type thing. Yeah. Um, and then the Western essentially was, I'd always wanted a sort of Pearl Snap Western shirt and there wasn't really one on the market that fit what I wanted it to be. So again i just took influence from a few different source shirts and styles and created my my version of it which is yeah so it's like details from a few different <clears throat> few different places and then obviously the fit is very particular to my brand which is traditional full fit shirt you know cover up all the lumps and bumps kind of thing and the other ones, the Snap Tab? Snap Tab is, um, that's a style that was quite popular in like the late 50s and early 60s. So you see a lot of, right. you see a lot of like jazz musicians, like yeah. on those classic sort of blue note uh, photographs. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a style that would be worn with a tie and it kind of, 
Oh, right, okay. you, you don't really they're not really on the market much at the moment and to be no. honest i haven't pushed them too much with mine because not that many people wear a tie really like no. that's for quite a specific person um but yeah i do still sell them every now and again but i haven't necessarily pushed them too much but yeah that was just a version of that it just wasn't on necessarily on the market and i i wanted to try some out for myself so when i do get dressed up and then put that on the market and yeah people do do seem to like them so what's the best seller out of them or probably white but white button down's always been the best seller i mean i've sold hundreds of them um yeah they're that that's always going to be a classic like wardrobe staple type thing like a white a white or a blue oxford button down is our yeah. bread and butter really so is it always, is it, like my dad always used to say, right, um, every man should have a white shirt in his wardrobe? Yeah. <laughs> so is that a true fact? Well, definitely, yeah. You definitely need one. I mean, I'm a bit prone to staining, so I'll be honest, I don't wear <laughs> white shirts very often because I'm always, like, spilling stuff down myself. So right. I'm probably more... I'm probably more keen on like a stripe or a blue or something like that. But um, there's definitely space in everyone's wardrobe for like a good crisp white shirt. And I feel like we do a good one that can be worn casually and formally. So, you know, when you say crisp white shirt, right, or any crisp shirt, right, what's the most important part of the shirt? Uh, fabric, I guess. Fabric, fit and construction are probably the main things. Right. Um so our Oxford is like a good sort of year-round wear. It's not too heavy. It's not too light. Mm -hmm. um, it washes really nicely. Um, and, it, yeah, they just get better with age, really. They get better. The, the worse you treat them, the better they're going to get, in my opinion. Some people are a bit too precious with things. I mean, I'm, I'm really not precious with my clothing at all. Like, I, I really put everything through its paces before it comes out. You know, it's like... It, it, they've been washed and worn a hell of a lot. Like the, when I make a sample one, I'll yeah. test it quite thoroughly before it goes onto the market. So, Jake, with the pop-ups and everything, right, are you thinking about having your own store in a few years' time or how? what's the plan in Jake's? Um, I mean, I would like to, yeah. I mean, the only thing, the only thing that holds me back is, mm -hmm. is finance, really. You know, I'm not from a... I'm not from a wealthy background, you know, I'm, I make, I make my money and that sort of goes back into my business. And yeah, to be honest, the profits aren't huge, you know, like the way my business is run, I'm not making life changing money, you know, I'm, but I do it at the end of the day, I do really enjoy it and I would like to grow the business, but the only way to do that is to kind of, of relinquish some responsibility and look for like um investment and things like that which i'm not i'm not 100 keen on because this is this is my thing you know I, yeah. I i built this off the sweat of my own brow yeah of course so the thought of the thought of someone else coming along and yeah nah. putting some money in and sort of getting their own two cents it kind of fills me with dreads a little bit so <laughs> i'm a bit i am a bit wary of that but i know that it is the only way to expand. So there probably is going to be a point where it's like do or die and I do have to do it. So, but we'll see. 
I mean, my, my goal is not so much to have a shop. Realistically, what I would like is to have um, a team, a small team of people producing, helping me produce garments. Yeah. Because I'm not really too interested in, I'm not too interested in adding to the pile, really. I just want to, you know, I, I quite like the idea of made to order. If people are willing to wait and, and properly invest their time in something that they're potentially going to have for life. Um, it's just, it's a bit more of a, it's a bit more of a sustainable approach. And I feel like people have to think about it more because nowadays you can, you can buy something and try it on. And if you don't like it, you can return it. And I think that that's a bit throwaway really, you know, you should, you should be really thinking about what you're purchasing and why you're purchasing it and how it's going to fit into your lifestyle. So, like for instance, I don't I don't buy a lot of clothing. I, yeah. I very very rarely buy clothing, and when I do, yeah, I think about it quite deeply about whether I really need it and yeah. how it's going to fit in my into my lifestyle. You know, yeah, I do the same, Jake. I rarely rarely buy clothes. Um, I I stick with the ones that I have until they are really to a point where they're falling apart. That's when I would probably, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, okay, I need to get something now. Um, but I, yeah. I'm one of those people who, it's it's weird, isn't it? Being in fashion and being in menswear. But then I've always liked menswear more than women's wear. So, yeah, that's another podcast to come up. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the well, I mean, do people like? I mean, what I'm saying is. With the bespoke, right? It is a bit like a bespoke, is that? Yeah, it is because it's order. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't use that word personally All only right. because I've worked I've worked in the bespoke industry. Yeah. And I, I have I have that that word has quite a lot of reverence for me for me. So okay. I would never describe my product as bespoke because essentially a bespoke shirt. Yeah. There's there's a lot more work in it. You know, the pattern is drafted for the individual. Right. Okay. Right. It's hand finished. It's, it's a lot more of a luxury item. My, my we, I always refer to mine as made to order. Right. So okay. it's made, it is made for the person when that order comes in. Yeah. Um, things can be, uh, personalized, small, small details can be personalized right. somewhat. But, um, yeah, it, it is a tough one. I, I a lot of I feel like a lot of people use the word bespoke incorrectly, and it kind yeah, of yeah, I think so too. It's a bit of a gripe for me, well. just only because I've worked in that industry and I know what a true bespoke garment is. Hundred percent, and I think you're right there because I think um, I think we forget made to order. I think because yeah. I think it's um, I think you're hundred percent right because I you know bespoke is a very luxury. And it's more work involved as well. I'm not saying that made to order isn't as well, but I think it's just another level up bespoke. Oh, totally. You know, I mean, bespoke is the the top of the peak, really. Yeah. When it comes to, when it comes to luxury, that's that's for the few. You know, I would like to think that. I mean, my my, my product's not necessarily cheap, but I would like to think it's affordable, and I would like to yeah. think that I, I try and keep. I mean, realistically, I could probably market my product at a higher price point, and to be honest, I probably should because I don't make a hell of a lot of money per shirt. Yeah. 
but I like the idea of maybe someone from a similar background to me who doesn't necessarily have a hell of a lot of money in the bank, but they do still want that special thing and they can save for a number of weeks or months to to buy it and invest in something that they know they're going to get a lot of. Jake, um, do people, right, um, are, are they waiting for things now? Um, do, do they not mind? I mean, they don't mind at all waiting for six weeks or however weeks it is to have something made for them. Um, I mean, our, 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 our lead time is like maximum four weeks. So okay. that's like for, from order place to yeah. it leave in our workshop is four weeks maximum. We've never gone beyond that. Um, and the way I look at it is, is like, you know, you're talking about a few weeks for like a lifetime of use. Like it's it's the same as, you know, like people, let's use like tattoos, for instance, you know, like you, you go through an hour or a couple of hours worth of pain for like a lifetime of enjoyment. (laughs) So most, I'm lucky. Most of my customers are very patient. I feel like the only ones who aren't are the ones who maybe haven't, they're maybe not as keyed into the... The way it works. You you know, they don't necessarily, they don't, yeah, they don't necessarily understand the process. Yeah. So I've had, it's occasionally happened where like, I might have had some press and some, maybe someone's gone on the website and just ordered a shirt and not really realised the full story of the company. And then you know, a week later they're saying, oh, where's my shirt kind of thing? And I have to explain to them a bit more about it. But once they, once they have that explanation, 99% of the time they're, they're yeah. fine and they're comfortable with the way. So where, does, where do your fabrics come from? Is it, are they from Italy, UK? Um, I, I, I predominantly use UK based fabrics apart from, right. um, I import uh, like the likes of like my Madras checks, they're all imported from India um, yeah. because that's obviously where they're made. Um, and then, yeah, certain like prints and things, I might use it from India, but our the sort of core products of ours, it's all UK-based fabric, yeah. UK-based fabrics, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We We get most from mills in the UK, yeah. Is it, uh, do you find it like um, the mills in UK, are they shrinking or? Um, I mean, the one that I use predominantly, they seem to have, they seem to be doing fine. Um, and I have quite a good relationship with them. So, you know, when I call up, it's like the same person I speak to and yeah. we have like quite good, quite good chats and they always help me out. You know, if I need something... ASAP, they'll get it to me as quickly as possible, which is always nice. Um, and yeah, I quite like, I quite like that sort of small micro economy type thing. Um, you know, it all like feeds into each other, smaller business, smaller businesses supporting each other kind of thing. Yeah, of course. I'm quite keen on the idea of that. There has been an expansion of small businesses though, ever since COVID has happened. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I've seen a lot more menswear brands than ever, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess people might look at it and think, oh, well, if if they can do it, I can do it. But 
it's not it's not it's not always as simple as that but no. more power to anyone who wants to do it because it isn't easy i mean you've got to you've got to be prepared to like seriously work you know you could have all the money in the world and you still couldn't build a successful business exactly. or you could have next to no money like i do or did and still manage to make a living so hats off to you jake thank you i do yeah. my best yeah because it is hard business though it is really hard it's definitely not easy i mean it's not it's not been smooth sailing for me there's been there's been months where it's you know, I've not really been turning a profit for like, you know, months at a time. And it's like, you're just sort of skimming by and you think, is this really how I want to be living? Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, for me, something always comes up. Like I kind of pulled quite a bit of stock in that where even at sort of the darkest times, something always comes up, whether it's renewed interest or like a bit of press or, I occasionally do um, film work, you know, like costume, yeah. making shirts for films and things like that. Something like that will come up and then it'll keep me ticking over. And then, yeah, it is tough. I mean, keeping, it's hard to make, make not only to make the products, but also to develop them and, you know, keep, get, get them photographed properly and all of that and keep the, keep the wheels turning. It can be hard, but there's not really anything else I can do. So I kind of have to do this. This is my skill, you know. This is my yeah, not my calling, but like this is this, you know, this this is what I'm good at. So I have to keep doing it. And does it make you happy? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's certain times when it doesn't. Um, <laughs> I'll be totally like honest about that. Like, it's not. I don't. I don't. I don't dance into work every day no, and, of course and, not. you know <laughs> but 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 at the end of the day like I, I get a lot of joy from it and I feel like usually if, if I'm not getting too much joy from it I'll it's like somebody knows and somebody will send me a message and be like oh I just received my shirt and I'm super happy with it and I can't wait to place another order then I'll get a nice sort of endorphin kick from that and I'll be like right keep going and also the other thing that keeps me going is is music like i yeah i have i have music on in my workshop all day long yeah. and that is like the driving force of of yeah. of the business really is is there's constantly music playing which and obviously that that you know that's the rhythm of life for me that's like that's what keeps me keeps me churning through the jobs and like keeps a smile on my face kind of thing yeah, I think music plays a massive part. It's the same with me. Um, I, I think I, I, I can't be working somewhere where there's no music. No, or I can't be working somewhere where there's not very good music it's either. <laughs> That's I'm, another thing. I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite, honestly, I'm quite sensitive to things like that. I've had it before where I've worked in workshops where they listen to, like, Radio 2, and I just oh, no. I can't stand it. Yeah, no. I, I, I honestly can't stand it. it it drives I'd rather have silent I'd rather have deafening silence than like not good quality music. And I feel like now nowadays there's kind of no excuse. It's like you have you have a whole world of music on you like in your palms. Yeah. And if you're not out there actively finding it and hungry to listen to new stuff, then I feel like you, you you're just missing out on so much, you know. Um 
with the when you said you'd actually done stuff for films and all that, right? Made shirts for films, and the, who who have you made shirts for in films? Um, so I recently did. Um, there's a new film about Brian Epstein, who was like the okay. Beatles yeah. manager. Yeah. Um, so I made I made about 15 shirts for like the Beatles oh, wow. for that film, not. Obviously, the actors that play the Beatles, yeah, of course, not the actual Beatles, not the actual musicians. But yeah, that was a really fun project. I got to do like the sort of early sixties ones that they would wear with suits, and then I also got to do the um, later sixties like crazy psychedelic Paisley type ones as well, which was really fun to do. Oh wow! Something a little bit, yeah, it was fun. Sounds quite exciting, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it was good fun. The only thing is they, the turnarounds are extremely, you know, that their deadlines are really tight. So that can be a little bit annoying when you're sort of having to work all weekend to make stuff so that it's ready for Monday. But oh, is that what it was? It's not like it was they, they wanted you to do it in two Sorry? days. Well, they didn't want you to make it in two days. Oh, yeah, it was like soup. It, yeah, it was like super quick turnarounds. It was, oh it was insane. God. Yeah. So you must have worked the whole, that. you know, like twenty four hours, nonstop. Kind of, yeah. I mean, wow. I was, I was doing basically what I would do is I would cut everything after I finished. After I finished doing like my work, yeah, you know, like for my business, I would do. I'd cut cut in the evening, and then I'd come in early the next day, and then do a lot of making, like nonstop. It was fun, um, and that that was one of the first film jobs I did. So okay, hopefully, hopefully get more. more well, I've, I've I've had more work off the back of that, and hopefully get the odd thing coming up, which is nice. Oh, well done! It's nice as a little change from my usual. Yeah, well done. Well, it seems like it's growing, Jake's. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, bit by bit. <laughs> I'm trying to expand into some wholesale, so okay. I'm looking to work with. I'm looking to work with a small manufacturer and try and get some of my products in some different countries, but factory made, but obviously still to a high standard. Yeah, are you finding that but difficult that, though? Finding manufacturers? Are you looking at UK or is it abroad? Yeah, I'm looking at London specifically, and yes, it's extremely difficult yeah. because I think the thing that the thing that a lot of people don't realise is that just because something says made in England or made in the UK doesn't necessarily mean that the make of that is any better than being made in India or China yeah, or anywhere else. 100%. Because, I mean, the, the living conditions for the makers might be better, but the make isn't necessarily better and the cost is also very high. So I've had, I mean, I'm. this is a very, very long drawn out process that I've been yeah. gradually chipping away at for like quite a number of months um trying to find yeah. someone who's good enough and the problem for me is that i because i make these shirts every day i have a certain level that i need them to be at yeah and it is hard to like relinquish some of that and find someone who can make it as good as you can it's really because i've I, Go on, sorry. i've had offers from, i've had offers from places of about you know the, the one wholesale but obviously i physically could not make 
you know, 100 shirts would no. take me like more than a month to make. So I, I can't do that myself. Um, and it would probably be unbearable making 100 shirts in a month. But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of working out, trying to find places that could maybe do it. But that wouldn't that wouldn't necessarily be for the UK. That would be for places like Japan and potentially America. Yeah, I've I've been um, doing some research and trying to find manufacturers in UK, and it's been impossible. And the ones that I did yeah, find, it's, it's, the ones that I did find, they were coming up with ridiculous quantities, and it was like, whoa, hold on, who who can afford to do all that at the moment? In well, this, exactly. Yeah, in, in this situation that we're in. And then you, um, and then there's some who, there's one particular one that I've actually tried to get hold of, and I wanted to speak to them, and they keep kind of saying, "Can you come back in end of September?" Yeah, I guess it's just they're chock a block, though, isn't it? Yeah, I don't it's think like that it's, 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 I don't think it's them who's doing it. It's, it's they're like the agent kind of thing, and I and I can tell. Uh, okay, yeah. You know, it's not the manufacturers themselves. And when you talk to the manufacturers, they kind of send you off to speak to them. And you know, it's even though if you send emails and everything out, it's still not. It's not great processing in a way, but I do find it very very difficult in UK. I've always have done. And the and the brand yeah. and, the, and the manufacturers that were here that I used to know they've all gone, and that's mm. the scary part because you just think, my God, is there anyone left? And that's where it starts yeah. becoming scary. You know, you're thinking there's no one round in the manufacturing side. You know. And yeah, it is. It is tough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. Um, so what's the next thing for Jake's? What's coming up? Can you are you allowed to tell us what's coming up next? Um, yeah, so like I'm working on um, I'm working on a project at the moment, which is with. Have you ever heard of the brand Viella? Yes, yes. They were like yes, they were like a big sort of fa uh, fabric manufacturer and yeah. garment maker. Um, very famous from like the forties, fifties. Yep. They've got lots of really good. Uh, advertising imagery from back then but they've recently started um having their fabric woven again uh, and um oh, well. making making some products so they 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 kindly offered me some of their new fabric just just a small amount so i've got five five different styles and i'll be making i'll be doing them made to order but it'll be like a very short run of each um, nice. So yeah, I'm, I'm just working on those at the moment um, and trying to find the right people to sort of model them and help me tell the story, kind of thing. Oh wow, Jay, do, do you oh, not? Yeah, that, that. Jay, do you not Sorry. get women wanting to wear some of your shirts? Yeah, yeah, I have, I have, I have a few female uh, clients, but we, it's more people, it's more women who want to wear a men's shirt. Yeah, really. that's what I mean. Uh, do, do you not get? I, I don't necessarily do. A specific women's club no, no, at the no. moment, but no. I do I do get interest from women, and they they just end up they usually just end up wearing a men's size, yeah, exactly. or we can make slight alterations for them as well. Yeah, and you do. I mean, there's. I mean, I quite like some of your shirts, and I wouldn't want them to be women's design kind of thing. I would rather wear the men's shirt. Yeah, 
So yeah, there's, there's, of course, like a, yeah. there's like a massive, there's a, it's a growing part at the moment. I think a lot of women liking what like wearing men's shirts because they're more comfortable. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. What would you say to someone if they wanted to start up their own shirt made to order like yours? Um, I'd say uh, give it ten years <laughs> <laughs> because. Because I, you know, it, I mean, like I said earlier on, I, I, I'm, I started my career ten years ago, and it took me, I mean, it took me seven or eight years to actually start the business and be in a in a position where I could safely say that this product is good enough to sell for this price to the public. Um, so yeah, I mean, and anyone thinking about doing it, you better you better put the work in, you know, you better, um, you, you can't just do it overnight. You know, this is the other thing. It, it probably seems a bit like I set my business up overnight, but it's like a culmination of a hell of a lot of years of not only research about garments, but research about construction and honing yeah. my craft. It takes a long time. But overall you've actually enjoyed it though, building up because, um, instead of working for someone else, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've 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 been self-employed for about six years, um, and yeah, I I don't think I'd probably struggle to go back to it employment. You know, like yeah. because I the thing is, I, I I'm I'm not a slacker. I work I work a lot. You know, I work at least nine hours a day, five six days a week, yeah. uh, if not more, um, and I always have done. I've always I've always been a grafter, really, but the problem is doing that and then someone still not being happy about it. If I was working for someone, you know, that would be a big bugbear and it has been in the past for me yeah. when I've been employed by people yeah. where it's never enough. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I, I feel like I've feel like i I've, I've taken those bad experiences that I've had as an employee and I've made sure as an employer, like as I would never treat Albert in that way, you know, I'm all was very appreciative of his, his hard work you know he he puts the graft in and I'm I'm thankful for it you know I'm, I would never I'd never uh, complain about any of his work you know or lack of it I think that's the big thing you know because I've been in employment and I've had that and um, you put in the graft and they don't appreciate it um, yeah there's nothing worse I mean there really worse. is nothing worse than you know and that feeling exactly and it's it's and it's really sad but have if you have you know like yourself how how you've actually appreciate albert that's really really lovely um because that just makes it feel you know makes your brand and your company your you know your business much better to work with if you know what i mean yeah i mean the be all and end all is at the end of the day that i could not operate without him so 100 yeah, percent. Well, I mean, he—he's—he's he, he's such a key person in my business. I mean, he's the—he's the only member of staff as, apart from me, and without him, it's not—you know—you're nothing really. And last of all, um, you would say to everyone, um, to anyone who start wants to start up to do it, um, just get on with it. I presume. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, if 
but you can't you can't half arse it. You know, you need to be a hundred percent or there's no point. But that mm. could be said about anything in life, you know, you've got to you've literally got to be I mean, you know, when I first started out I was getting up I was essentially jolting out of bed with fear at like five o'clock in the morning every morning and going to my workshop and just like trudging through the day, you know, just to just because the only way to get to get anywhere was just yeah. to be like grafting, grafting, grafting. Yeah. Which to be honest, had it did have a slightly detrimental effect on my life. And I've I've kind of changed my practice somewhat since then because now I you know, I, I rest more, I give myself I give myself a bit more like you know, I, I actually have time off now. There was a point where I kind of I didn't really take a lot of time off. Um yeah. whereas now I have a bit more of a social life. I yeah. I don't really work weekends when I don't have to, things like that, you know. Yeah, of course. But yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, you gotta be well prepared to be grafting because yeah. it ain't an easy road. No, it's not. And um, it, it, even me doing this podcast, it is hard work. <laughs> you know? Yeah, too, right? You've got to keep that up. That's the thing. Once you start it, oh, you've got exactly, to keep the ball you know? rolling. So it's not, people need to appreciate that. You know, it's not easy. Jake, last question. Um, what's, what's your favourite shirt? What type is your favourite shirt? Um, my favourite one? It's probably one of the like rarer cloths or something that I've got hold of where I've like okay. made it for me. So, so maybe I did one a while back, which I, I named it after a Max Roach song. So, so the, the the cloth was called Equipoise, which was like okay, and it was a it was a very very light cotton Indian cotton um, with like a three or four color paisley screen print on it, and it's like slightly offset, beautiful fabric. And I, I was super happy with it. And when I brought it out, barely anyone bought it. There was like no interest in it. But for me, that was like, that's the best, the best cloth I've ever sourced. But I guess for some people, it wasn't. It was maybe a bit too, bit too out there. Um, but to be fair, the people who have that shirt are like extremely cool in my book. So <laughs> the people who did actually buy it. Um, yeah, that was definitely my all-time favourite, and I wear it quite a lot. So on that note, um, Jake, thank you so much for coming on to Menswear by Woman podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure and amazing to have you on board. And thank you so much for the in-depth. Um, it's um, and telling the truth about having your own business. <laughs> it's no really worries, great. my pleasure. Thanks, Jake. Take care.